Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to get into a conversation around how to prepare or maybe get a little bit more secure might even be the wrong word, maybe comfortable uh, with what's going on uh, in the world specific to how to handle your finances. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on out there right now, right? Yeah. So um, just real quickly here, I mean, we've got... We've got the war in the or the everything that's going on in the Middle East. We've got the Russian Ukraine war. We've got you know maybe uh, not a lot of belief in the the maybe United States government, right? A lot of confusion, a lot of stuff of like what's going on there. Um, we have concerns of oil, maybe concerns of inflation. So there's a lot of concerns of maybe losing our job. So we're getting a lot of calls and and conversations around like what should I be doing financially to prepare. Right. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive in here, Alex, what are you drinking? Uh, Today, I am drinking an old favorite. Lucille. Lucille. Love it. Uh, It's an IPA put out by uh, Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown is brewed here in Seattle, Washington. Um, They are just, they're one of the first original craft beers around here. Um, This is just a great IPA. Yeah, no, that's a solid one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm drinking a Tolt IPA. I don't have the can because it's. I was at the brewery uh, last night for our homesteader party, and so uh, took away a growler. So I'm drinking a home uh, Tolt IPA. It's from Valley House here in Duval, Washington, the lovely, lovely city of Duval, Washington. A lot of tourism here, <laughs> not really, but the salad, salad beer. Uh, bottle cap rating for me on this IPA is an eight out of ten for me. Yeah, uh, same. Like Lucille's an old standby. This is an eight. Uh, it's it, it'd probably be higher, but it's just so familiar. Yep. So two classic uh, Northwestern IPAs. Check them out if you're here locally, um, and if you're not, you might be able to get Lucille uh, outside of the region. Uh, Valley House Brewery now. So if you're not in Washington, you're not getting anything delivered. So. It's it's worth trying to find the Valley House, though. For sure. If you're able to. All right. So let's dive into this, right? So, I mean, this is a serious deal. Like, people are just kind of on the edge of their seats right now. They're, they're wanting to make sure that they're set up the best way that they possibly can. I mean, the, the last time that we fielded the number of calls that we are on, on this particular topic was the pandemic. People freaking out when when COVID first hit or when they were like – kind of like the February timeframe where it had started to hit, but not actually hitting. Um, and then people kind of freaked out and just bunkered in for like a month, month and a half. And by the end of that, the market had already started recovering. Um, yeah. And so like what we're, what we're seeing right now is, is less concern around the market and it's more concern around general economics and just finances in general. I think there is a piece of the market there, though, Um, even though 2023, it hasn't ended yet, obviously. But as of to date, you know, it's it's up overall, at least, you know, if you if you're classifying the S&P 500 as the market, right, that's when I say that, that's what I meant by that statement. But the fact of the matter is, is I think people have genuine concerns about what's going to happen next year, right? There's still a lot of stuff that they've got concerns about with the overall market. And it's the talking heads normally that's that's causing you know, the, the stress level of that. But, the, you know, the three things that we want to make sure we get across when we're talking about how to make sure that you're set up f- 
financially uh, and even and mindset wise too, right? It's it's actually doing stuff, the activity of doing it and setting your mind up uh, in the right spot. So financially speaking, number one is have a solid foundation set and it should be in your financial plan or just your financial foundation, right? And what we mean by that is making sure we've got savings, emergency funds, make sure we've got access to to money, right? So we might want a little bit more. And we talk about this all the time. We try to get our clients to have at least 12 months of their gross income accessible to them, right? And we don't mean all of that sitting in an emergency fund, right, Alex? Yeah, it doesn't have to all be sitting in a bank account, but we want it to be sitting in a vehicle that uh, there is low to no turnover, that there's there's not much, if any, risk of loss. There's there's not much strings attached to it or hoops that we have to jump through to get access to funds. Yep. So the savings aspect, the liquidity aspect, and, and making sure that our income is protected, right? So if you were to get sick or injured or prematurely pass away or umbrella policies, if you were to get sued, having that income protected from the worst threats, that, that should be a priority. And this is, it's the, it's the back to basics. It's the reminder of like, why do we do all the things that we do? What are the recommendations? Like, where do they come from? It's so that we can get through times like this, where we don't want to have to worry about how, Hey, how much access do we have to stuff? How much liquidity do we have? No, no, we know, we know exactly how much and we know why we've got what we've got, where it is so that we don't have to worry about a downturn in the market or we don't have to worry about like, oh, hey, I just lost my job. Now what? Yep. Like the more proactive we can be around this, the better off we're going to feel and the easier it's going to be to go through a transition like that. Let's talk out a question because if I was listening to us right now, um, I think most people, they understand the basics of having an emergency fund, right? They understand the basics of of saving money. They understand the basics of, you know, in theory, protecting their income. But what they might have heard for the first time is having extra liquidity, right? That 12 months of their gross income access to them. So what I might be considering if I'm listening to this and I'm working for a tech company or just a company in general, and and I've been like contributing to my retirement plan, maybe maxing that out. Are you saying, Alex, that if I if all I have is an emergency fund, should maybe I stop funding my 401k, maybe stop maxing my 401k and maybe put that money elsewhere for liquidity purposes? Is that what we're saying? I mean, the easy answer is sit down and have a conversation with a financial professional because <laughs> everyone's situation is unique and complex. From a general large standpoint, yes. Um, like without knowing everyone's specific circumstances, I'm a little bit hesitant to say. Yeah, there's no. Yes. We should have started with the disclaimer. There is no carte blanche answer to this. Like everyone should do X. The reason I'm thinking about it, though, Alex, is you know the media they all say max out your retirement plan, right? Right. They all say it, and we're saying maybe not. And some people will take that a step further and, and talk about maybe rates of return. They might even start talking, they've been doing like pre-tax and they might be take, talking about maybe a tax deduction that they take. So they'll pay more in taxes. So I'm running through all the different things that s- someone should be considering. <clears throat> and what I'm sitting with is this, and this is what I would love our listeners to really kind of take into, into, into mind here. So if you're working for a company, let's just say you're laid off. 
And let's just say you had your three months of expenses in an emergency fund, which by the way, we say three months of gross income, not expenses. But let's just say you did three months of expenses because that's typically what we hear out there. So let's just say your expenses and you did basic expenses. So you're really, your true monthly spending might be like 20K a month, 15K a month, but your basic expenses might be 7K or 10K, right? Something drastically lower. So you're laid off. You've got, and I'm making up a number here, $25,000 sitting in an emergency fund and you're used to a lifestyle of 15. You cut back all the expenses. Maybe those three months are sitting there. Maybe you can actually get by on that three months. You just wiped out your emergency fund. If you still need extra money, where are you pulling it from? Most people will say, well, Ryan, I can take a loan out of my 401k or I can take the money out of my 401k. Uh, we can't take a loan against a 401k at a when you're not employed. No longer working. Right. Uh, and if you have an outstanding <laughs> loan, whenever you leave, that loan then becomes due it immediately or like within a very, very short time period. Um, or it gets deemed to be a taxable distribution and you might have to pay a 10% penalty plus whatever taxes are on the outstanding balance. So like, it's important to understand what your options are um, before you go down some of these paths. But yeah, this is one of the reasons why uh, maybe not stopping 401k contributions, but reducing 401k contributions to create a bigger emergency reserve or you know, using a wealth builder account, um, which is a fancy term for just a secondary uh, checking account. And, and there's some specific things that we would suggest um, a wealth builder account is designed to go ahead and accomplish. If you have questions, reach out to Ryan or myself, we can walk you through it. Uh, but uh, like, we want to have extra liquidity. Um, and this is like, this is an example of like two or three of the reasons why you might want to have extra liquidity. And that is uh, you might get laid off. You might wind up in a circumstance where you have a sudden need for cash. Uh, You might wind up with expenses going up because interest rates have gone up or because inflation has gone up or things of that nature. Um, Now, this is not all doom and gloom. One of the things that like we were, uh, you and I were both on this, this call uh, earlier this month and like what they were saying is that inflation, to a large extent, the, the concern over inflation has passed. Um, we might still see some inflation, and we won't see the Fed call an end to it to uh, interest rate hikes until we wind up with uh, uh, inflation numbers coming down further from where they are. But as a as an economic massive concern for right now, it that has passed. Yeah. And I guess what the reason I'm bringing all of this up, like you just brought up, it's not always a doom and gloom aspect, right? It's also having money sit on the sideline for opportunity or just overall flexibility. And I've yet to meet a person, by the way, that did get laid off and said, man, I don't know why I had that much liquidity. Like, I I wish I'd put that extra money in the market because getting that extra 2% would have been really nice right about now. And again, this... Let's just say it did make sense for you to actually lower your contribution to your retirement plan. By the way, this is not like an advice to do it. I'm just saying, let's just say did you talked to your, your advisor and they told you, yeah, that made sense. This is a current 
lowering of retirement and retirement plan contributions, right? This is not forever decision is what I'm getting Correct. at. Here. This is a current decision to get you kind of yourself up uh, on in a place that you feel more confident, right? Less stress. And let's just say the worst did happen. Imagine if you did have a good amount of money sitting on the sideline and now you get to really pick and choose your next position. Like it just gives you all of the flexibility in the world. That's a, worth a lot more to you than a rate of return. Uh-huh. So we beat the dead horse here a little bit, but I did want to bring it up because I think some people do cons- wouldn't even consider that. And we're saying, yeah, you should be looking at all things. <laughs> Which right. takes us to, to number two, and we're just going to start it off with, we've been here before. Maybe In not some exactly here. Like this set of circumstances has never occurred before, but yep. stuff very similar to this has. We've been through a pandemic. We've been through a war in the Middle East, <laughs> right? We've been through these different wars. We've been through 9-11. We've been through the oil embargo. We've been through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And yes, and I'm not trying to downplay what it feels like. I mean, my, my wife and I have conversations about it all the time. Just, you know, just almost reconfirming that we're good to go. Well, like, and it's, we, like I there, get it. There are uh, stock market charts out there that show like the history of the market over time and have highlighted like big events, stuff like the Great Depression, World War II, uh, the JFK assassination, the oil embargo, the Berlin Wall coming down, uh, the, uh, the savings and loan crisis that occurred, um, you know, the dot-com implosion, the uh, 9-11, the pandemic, the Great Recession, like all of these various different things that have occurred that are you know, oh, everyone talks about it being like this black so, black swan event and super rare. Yes, like we're, we're we never we hope to never go through another pandemic like we did with COVID, and we'll wind up going through something. Yep. Like while these black swan events are once in a lifetime, like we wind up having a whole host of once in a lifetime events, and this isn't a doom and gloom component. It's to say. The market is really good at, sho- at, at shouldering off and, and ignoring like these doom and gloom, uh, chicken little, the sky is falling. Uh, could it actually be falling this time? Sure. Is, is it likely? No. Um, like, Can we say that with any sort of certainty and definitiveness? No. Uh, no, it's funny. You know, I had a conversation with my mom a couple weeks ago and you know, she, she was bringing up all the stuff that I, we just brought up. And, you know, she was asking for my advice as to, as to what they should be doing. And she brought up, she's like, well, what happens if it really crashes this time around? I'm like, like, and I made the, I made it as a joke, but also somewhat serious to kind of get her thinking like, okay, what would really happen? And I said, are you saying like, are you genuinely concerned? Like the U S dollar goes away in the United States government? Like, are you really concerned about that type of an aspect? And she goes, yeah, maybe I go, well, if that occurred, Everything we've been doing up until this point doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Like it is what it is. Everything has changed. Society has ended. Like we're right. So there's let's just say you went and bought a bunch of gold. Like I'm 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 just making up something here, right? Like some people go buy a bunch of gold, right? That that's that's something that they think they they should do. 
So you go buy a bunch of gold. Well, who's to say that the gold is worth value in that instance? It's it's still market maybe based. what is the value is just food, right? Yeah, and here's the thing, and I think that's what people think though they they do think they do go that far, and and, and to be fair, I I've gone that far too in my own thinking, but I always have to remind myself if that occurred, I could have done nothing else. It doesn't matter what I did. But I mean, it, it's one of those things where like I I would have asked the question, okay, dropped. Precipitously, you mean like what it did in after nine eleven, or what it did in two thousand eight and early two thousand nine, or what it did immediately following COVID? Again, we've been through these scenarios in which the market drops and drops very, very significantly. Yep. And like it's one of those things where the question becomes like, are we going to continue to like like? I think we've said this numerous times before on the podcast, but some of the most dangerous words in finance are it's different this time. Yep. Whether that is talking about the upside or the downside, it is equally true. We can expect history to repeat itself with the market and we can't predict it or project it. Yep. So trying to do so is a fool's errand. And we shouldn't try to predict or guess where the market is going. 100%. Which takes us to number three. And this one, I think, might, I mean, outside of setting yourself out foundationally, right? Actually, all three of these are really important. I'm not sure there is a more important Just, one. Yeah. Number three is open conversation and dialogue with your spouse and financial professionals in your life. There have rarely, if ever, been words where somebody was like, man, I'm really glad that I didn't have this discussion with my financial professional or didn't have this discussion with my spouse. It's not going to get better because we bury it. It might allow us to not deal with it or not think about it or like cause some of the worry to like temporarily go away, but it's not going to solve the problem. We need well, to have conversations. You do, right? If your spouse might have in the back of their mind, oh no, if you lost your job, are we actually, would we be okay? What would we do? Right. And you, if she never, or he never brings it up, if you never have a conversation about it, it could be ruins for your marriage. If it occurred and you didn't talk about right, like that's that's like it just compounds, right? And talking about it, even if even if by talking about it you're actually not set up, let's just say you don't have an emergency fund, you'd actually have a big issue. Well, now you can take the actions to fix it. Well, and that might be the catalyst that helps create the emergency reserve, so that if something occurs down the road, you're in much better shape or, or position for it. Exactly. And keeping your financial advisor, financial professional in the know of that is huge. This is why we try to have both spouses on all of our meetings because inevitably there's always one spouse that isn't as involved. 100%. In, in the overall planning, like the difference between my spouse and I is my spouse actually does like the day-to-day stuff, like the paying of the bills, right? All of that stuff. I'm responsible for the overall planning, like the overall blueprint. 
and making sure that we're okay if X occurred. I think that's common in most relationships. Make sure you talk about it though. Uh-huh. That was a com- you know, my the way we're compensated. My my wife was asking us questions like, okay, if X happened, how does that affect your income? And if it did, if our income did go down by twenty or thirty percent, what would we do? And so I sat down with her and I shared with her all the assets that we have that we could touch if we needed, and the different things that we can do. And she goes, oh. I didn't know we could do all that. Okay, cool. Now, had I said something different, that <laughs> but the conversation was was important for both of us. It was even important for me, even though I knew it, to actually sit down and look at it. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it just makes, but like, it gives that warm, fuzzy feeling to both people that yeah, we're taken care of. Or if it's the reverse, it allows you the space to be able to then take care of it. Exactly. So just as a real quick review, the three items, make sure you're solid, you're, you're solid in your financial foundation. Make sure that you talk to people, right? We've been here before. Like there's been so many different instances. We've been in some version of this, maybe not the exact instance, but we've handled a lot throughout the history of this country. And then obviously converse with your spouse, talk about what's going on and take the actions necessary. Well, and talk with the other professionals as well, whether it's your CPA, your attorney, your advisor, your planner, whoever it is that you go to for financial advice, have those conversations Yep, and make sure that they're talking to each other too. A hundred percent. What takes us to the question of the day, Alex? Our question today is what around today's financial world is the biggest concern for you? And one of the things that, that uh, the guest that I had on last week did Ryan, and I'm I'm pulling this on you completely. So you know, feel free to decline. Why don't we each answer that question? What is it that keeps you up at night around the current financial situation? Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, my my wife is Jewish, so what's going on in the Middle East and what we're seeing around around the world is is very personal to us. Um, as well as we have um, family members in Israel um, that are being affected by this in, in a pretty big way. So that's that's what's on our heart and mind right now. Uh, for for me, like the the biggest thing that keeps me up at night is the the unknowns, the unknown unknowns, the things that we don't know that we don't know. Because um, it's it's hard to plan for the things that you are are blind to or can't even see coming. So that, that's that's what keeps me up at night. So we'd love to hear from our listeners. Head over to beerandmoney.net and top of the page is a contact us. And when you go to write your reply, just put in the subject line question today. If you have any questions from today, like if you have, you want us to go deeper in something that we brought up, it's also a great spot to say, hey, love for you all to, to talk more about this. If you got value out of this, share it with your friends, your coworkers, your families. Most of the time when we learn something, even Alex and I, when I learn something or he learned something, Oftentimes, if he shares it with me, I might have some knowledge of it, but not to the extent that we end up getting by talking about it, right? So share it. That's the whole reason we started this podcast is to be a resource for you all. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023. 163387. Expiration October 2025. Pinpoint number 2023 164802. Expiration November 2025.